It's time now for Gina Gardner and Friends, the show that shares stories from inspiring people, from a wide range of expert guests, all focused on helping you live a happier, more successful, and fulfilling life. Gina Gardner is a multiple number one international best-selling author, motivational speaker, business coach, and trainer. She's the founder of Genuinely You, and has over 30 years experience of helping people step into their genuine, authentic power, personally and professionally. One day, I'll teach chemistry to kids. I'm going to be an architect. My dream is to be a chef. This is a world of possibilities. A world in which people who put their minds to something can really make a difference. My goal is to help the environment. Someday I'll find a cure for cancer. At the U.S. Department of Education's Office of Federal Student Aid, we believe that aspiring minds can achieve anything. So we dedicate ourselves to making sure everyone has an opportunity to go to college. Each year, we provide more than $150 billion in grants, loans, and work-study funds, making higher education possible for anyone at any stage of life. I can go back to college. I can change careers. I can make a difference. Federal Student Aid, proud sponsor of the American Mind. Learn more about Money for College at studentaid.gov. And now, here's your host, Gina Gardner. Hello there, it's Gina Gardner here, and welcome to Gina Gardner and Friends. I've got yet another great guest for you today. Paulette Rigo, who is the creator of the Divorce Academy, is going to join me today. Divorce is such a big thing in our society and it creates such heartache and pain, not only for the individuals involved, but in the broader context. So Paulette, such a pleasure to have you with me today. Well, thank you, Gina. As always, it's an honor and a pleasure to be a guest on your show and um, just help uh, spread the word and help people through difficult times. Before we get started in terms of, of what you do, share with us, if you would, your story, because I think for many people it's going to resonate. Absolutely. Um, I had zero, and I do mean zero, interest in doing the work I do. I was not that little girl that decided that she wanted to hang out in courthouses and be involved in legal um shall we say, procedures or processes. It was not, you know, even on my radar. In fact, my father was a rather intellectual. He uh, went to Tufts University. He was an electrical engineer. I grew up in Boston, Massachusetts. But my mother was a very theatrical person. She was a, a dance teacher and owned a ballet studio um, just outside Boston. So on one side, my father wanted me to go to college and, you know, be an intellectual. My mom wanted me to wear a, wear a tutu um, and, uh, you know, have that whole world. And so um, I eventually, I did grow up in a ballet studio, literally. Um, my family's names are Paul Paulette, Pauline Paula Paulette. I could not make that up, Gina, if I wanted to. So, and my mother's business names was Paulette's Ballet Studio. So I'm telling that story, of course, because my name is Paulette. So I was, I kind of grew up in this world where um, I was sort of, um, my, my life was chosen for me, right? Like, 
oh, your name is Paulette Jr.? Well, I guess you're going to grow up in a ballet studio. So finally, when the time came when I had to make that decision about going to college and what I wanted to major in, I wanted to be Jane Pauley. I wanted to be a journalist. So I went to school for journalism and marketing and advertising and TV and radio, got my degree in, in, in all that and um, loved that world. But one day when I was, uh, I think I was a sophomore in college, the phone rang and it, it was my mom and one of the teachers was pregnant and she said, would you be good enough to sub her classes for her while she's out on maternity leave? Well, um, I uh, didn't have the heart to say no. So there I was uh, subbing those classes for her. And, and before I knew it, here I was back in the ballet studio we wearing the pink tutus too. So, um, so before I knew it, here I was, you know, 20 years later, still in the ballet studio. Yes, I did get my degree in journalism. But while I was doing that, I also got married really young at 17. I met this charming young man and by 22, uh, just out of college, got married quick, real young. And before I knew it, here I was married 10 years with three little kids in a job that, well, I didn't choose and a in a life I really felt like I didn't choose. So I think about the age of 37, when do women kind of say, hmm, how did I get here? And what part did I play? Now, naturally, I'm fully responsible for all those decisions. I, I chose to do them. Um, but I do believe that my decision to get married really young and have this career that, well, I didn't really choose, had a lot to do with why I do the work I do. And it eventually gave me the courage when I got the courage to leave the performing arts world behind and quit my job, and then really readdress the marriage and, and realize, wow, how did I get here? And um, soon thereafter, I realized I didn't marry a man, I married a family, and I wasn't divorcing a man, I was divorcing a family. I personally endured an eight and a half year litigated case that included a 12 day trial that took place over nine months. And then after all, of that. Of course, there's a lot of preparation to even get to that point, Gina, right? But yeah. even after that was decided, there was a four-year Supreme Appellate Court in the state uh, process. And that entire experience threw me, propelled me into this wor world of of, of law, of right, of the judicial, legal, financial, residential, lending, insurance, taxes side of marriage, love, and divorce, but also the mental, emotional, psychological, co-parenting, um, physical, spiritual side of love, marriage, and divorce. So there's two sides of it, and it's very, very difficult to navigate those waters wisely and with dignity and saving time and money and heartache is why I eventually founded Better Divorce Academy, authored my book, Better Divorce Blueprint, and started a podcast of my own going back to my desire to be Jane Polly. <laughs> so that I could help people and gather those resources that they need because it's so easy to make bad decisions. It's so easy to make mistakes and to take that emotion and pour it on the spreadsheet side of divorce or to take the spreadsheet side, crumble it up and throw it in the bowl of emotions. And there's really no emotional justice. You have to be wise. You have to really be prepared. So many people make bad choices because they just don't know how to approach divorce wisely. You know, 
when you go into a marriage or into any sort of, of partnership, whether that's business or personal, mm. I think nobody goes into it thinking about it going to end. You know, of course, there are people who have a prenuptial agreement, but the vast majority of people are in love um, and just want to be happy. So when the proverbial hits the fan and there's a decision made that, that you have to part, the emotional fallout for everybody involved is huge. And we don't make great decisions, do we, when we are emotionally at our most vulnerable your left brain thinking, which tends to catastrophize, you're not able to look for solutions or be creative. And then you add the acrimony that so often accompanies a divorce where people feel that they've been let down or that they've been betrayed. Mm. We're gonna go for a short break now. When we come back, what I'd like to focus on to start with is, is what you've learned at a personal level that you share with individuals. But we're also going to talk about fallout in terms of the impact on businesses, but we'll do that a bit later in the program. So don't go away. When we come back, there are real pearls of wisdom. If you are thinking of going through a divorce or you're dealing with the aftermath of a divorce, there's going to be lots of here to help you. So see you in a minute. If a natural disaster comes knocking, how prepared is your family? You can't just close the door on earthquakes, floods, or hurricanes and hope they go away. That's why it's important to make a plan now. Ready.gov plan has the tools and tips you need to prepare your family for an emergency. So if disaster shows up at your doorstep, you'll be ready. Visit ready.gov plan and make a plan today. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. Military families often sacrifice precious time away from loved ones while serving our country. And for those with children, the separation can be especially difficult. We were worried that with him leaving, that she would lose those connections with her dad. Some of life's best moments happen between parents, children, and the pages of a good book. United Through Reading provides that connection. You can watch your mom or dad read a book to you, and it almost feels like they're really there. We ensure they remain a consistent, meaningful part of their children's lives, no matter the distance. Just seeing Jacob recognize Daddy again after a long time just melted my heart. And now, as we're facing greater isolation from our loved ones, United Through Reading is also available to veterans. Learn more about United Through Reading and download our free secure app at unitedthroughreading.org. Welcome back. Paulette, if you were able, and I know you've distilled this in your book, but what are the lessons that you've learned that you now pass on to other people at an, an individual level? Well, most importantly is to understand that you are not alone. Just looking at the numbers, there are there were 2.4 million divorces uh, in the U.S., uh, and that number rose 43% because of the pandemic. We don't really know how that 
those numbers are going to wash out in the future. You know, the, the jury's still out on that. And uh, sometimes I'm very optimistic that I think that it will lessen. Sometimes I'm not so optimistic. I'm actually seeing it as sort of now that we've endured those last two years, the elephant in the living room, that people were willing to kind of tolerate. People are no longer willing to tolerate relationships that are unhealthy, abusive, dysfunctional, and just uncomfortable comfortable when they've already gone to maybe some therapy or couples counseling. Now, 70% of divorce is filed by women, and that is worldwide or in the countries that, of course, um, see divorce as uh, uh, some countries don't, you know, allow divorce. So um, now because of that, um, you know, if you think about the 70% of divorces filed by women, women tend to be a little bit more of thinkers and studiers and researchers and do a little bit more research, whereas a man tends to be more, um, what are the numbers, let's get to it, and, you know, how's this going to affect me? But when it comes down to it, if you look at the methods of divorce, and again, as you mentioned earlier in the program, I'm not pro-divorce. I'm actually happily remarried. I believe in love. I believe in marriage. I believe if it works, it's a sanctity like no other. It re People live longer, happier, more fulfilling lives if they are in, in fact, fulfilling marriages. So that's, that's optimistic. Now, I am proactive if the marriage is not working, if it isn't healthy, to either do something to fix it if we can, or to make a wise choice about what we can do so that we can now congruently create two new separate lives. If there's children involved, how that's going to work for the betterment and best interests of the children, because that really boils down to it with co-parenting to parallel parenting to what's known as counter-parenting parenting, which isn't so healthy. And we could digress a bit with that. Now, if you don't know the methods of divorce, you're immediately going to run to a lawyer. Now, some of my best friends are attorneys. So uh, I'm not anti-litigation, everyone. So deep breath. But we don't want to assume that just because the marriage isn't working, that you're automatically going to have to run to court. Let the judge decide your case. It is expensive and lengthy and incredibly contentious. Uh, and it typically will tear a family apart even more. Now, some marriages and some divorces really don't have a choice. Litigation is the only solution. But Gina, 97% of cases are 97% manage to not go to trial. That's huge, right? 97%. So only 3% of cases go to trial. And of that 3%, those are the three that really do need to litigate. The other 97% could mediate on some level. So with that said, if you're understanding of the processes of understanding, can you DIY it? Can you mediate? And this is pre-litigation, mediation prior to that collaborative, which is another form, and arbitration is also an option before litigation, it's going to be less contentious, less expensive, and a lot quicker. So understanding the methods of divorce and understanding the issues that the courts care about, that is really where the lessons learned about separating the emotional side versus the factual side of divorce 
that is the number one lesson of really being able to understand the process so that you're not confusing it. And like, you know, when you make like a, a fruit salad and you're mixing it all up, we want to keep everything separate so it doesn't get messy. Isn't it interesting, you know, how people's perception of what they need to do or what's available to them becomes their reality, doesn't it? We don't know what we don't know. And I think most people's um, experience of divorce is either through someone that they know or through the television and through um, programs and films. And the problem I think for everyone is that every situation is different. And ultimately information is power. If you have the right information, you can make informed decisions. But understanding what those options are at a time when you are in a highly emotional state, that information becomes even more vital, doesn't it? Yes, and that's why I took the time to write Better Divorce Blueprint. When my case became very, I'm going to say, infamous, notorious, well-known, and it was an eight and a half year, and again, I'm the 1%, because if 97% stay out of trial, and only 1% of that 3% that goes to trial goes to the appellant court, you can see where I really am the 1%. And after many, many years, a lot of people would say, hey, how come you're not divorced yet? What's going on? Why is this taking so long? And this is before the days of what social media is now. But my phone started to ring. My doorbell started to ring. Women were asking me, and men too. But again, 70% of divorce is filed by women. So you yep. can see how more women were approaching me, not because I'm a woman, but because that is just a statistic. And after the emails came in, the phone calls, and the conversation would start something like this, Gina. I read about your case. I heard about your case. How are you doing? You seem to be doing okay. But it would always end with something like this. Can you help me? Every case, every single person that reached out to me, can you help me? And I didn't feel prepared. So um, being that my grandmother taught me to be a, a good hostess, um, I invited a few over one at a time, made a lot of coffee, poured a good amount of wine, depending on the time of day, how drama filled the case was, and listened to a lot of stories and took notes with their permission, no specific details, but just I looked for congruencies mistakes, success stories, things people did well, things people did not so well, things I did well, things I did not so well. And I started to make references and, um, and, a, and a blueprint, which we need a blueprint. If you're going to build a house, don't you dare do one without a blueprint. If you're going to divorce, I have to say, don't you dare do one without a blueprint. Now you can do it, but it might collapse. So I want you to at least understand where the wiring goes, where the walls go. It's the same with divorce. So after that, I did eventually call my attorney at the time, because again, you got to know my, I got to know my attorney well after eight and a half years. And I did call him and say, should I go to law school? 
And he goes, you know, and I'm from Boston, across the pond, everyone. So, you know, the, 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 the accent would go something like, you know, Paulette, you'd be one hell of a litigator. So, and that's, a, I quote, that's what he said. He said, you think like a judge, you act like a lawyer, but you feel like a therapist. <laughs> I, you know, I, I didn't know if I should hug him or, you know, give him, give him a little slap in the shoulder. Like, how dare you say that? But, you know, it made me think and it made me realize I do have an obligation. I, I didn't go through what I went through personally, just so I could heal my own wounds and move on. It was, I have an obligation to take the knowledge and the experience that I've gained personally and professionally to help other people navigate divorce wisely, save that heartache and have a better idea of what can and could happen versus run to a lawyer, pay a retainer, and mine was a lot. Um, I mean, the average divorce in the U.S. is twenty-five to 40,000. That's it. Now it's a national average. Sometimes it's much less. Sometimes it's much more. But by the time you lay down your retainer and they lay down their retainer and you know, a year or two goes by, you can see why the bill could easily be an exit you know, excess of $100,000 US. So it's it's no rocket science as to why the legal process, the judicial process is so contentious and adversarial. Now, you know, there's always going to be some sticky points. But once you have that idea of, well, this is what the model could be, but is it there? Is there a better way? Is there a way that could be healthier for the family unit to be more congruent? That's where I step in as a certified divorce coach and a credentialed mediator. I believe that being a divorce coach is a responsibility to hold someone's hand and have them see their best self and all their options. The ones I wasn't able to see, because when you're in it, you are your worst self. You just swim in the muck and the mire of the emotional pool. It's a messy, icky, sticky world. And if you have somebody hose you off and reflect that your best self, the one that you wanna be, man, the outcome is a lot prettier. That's, uh, I think, for many people, the feeling that there are alternatives is the light of hope at the end of the tunnel. Yes. We're going to go for another break. When we come back, I'd like to talk about the impact on businesses and you know how businesses can actually make um, a real inroad into protecting themselves as a company, but also supporting people who are going through this. But before I just go, I just want to say, you know, I was reading something not long ago, which talked about that during Victorian times, which is, you know, just over 120, 130 years ago, the average um, lifetime of a marriage was 10 years. And that's because of industrial accident, disease and childbirth and war, that marriages didn't last, not because people divorced, because it was not the done thing, but because the very nature of life was so different. And now there is an expectation that, you know, it should be happy ever after. I know someone who wanted to... Um, sue Disney for giving false expectations of happily ever after. So just something to think about while we go on a break and we'll be back in just a minute. 
The IRS called and sent me an email requesting payment. Is this a scam? Scammers often impersonate IRS employees by calling, emailing, or even texting you in attempts to steal your money or personal information. It is a scam. Do not respond. IRS scammers continue to be a serious threat to the public and have claimed victims in every state, and now have evolved to include pandemic-related scams. Scammers may be combative and threatening in order to bully you into sending them money immediately. The IRS always initiates communications by mail first and will never threaten to arrest or deport you or demand your personal information. The IRS does not request payment by phone, text, email, or gift cards. Protect yourself. Just hang up or delete the message. If you suspect you've been contacted by a scammer, submit an incident report to the Treasury Inspector General for Tax Administration at tips.tigda.gov. You can also call their TIGDA hotline at 1-800-366-4484. What's up, Jones? Jones. It's not a news you want to be loved by. Jones! Oh, it's not a news you want to have fun with anyone. But when I see you hanging about with anyone, it's not a news you want to see me cry. <laughs> Jones. Jones. Woo! <laughs> Jonas? Yeah, it's keeping up with the Jonases now. Mm. Try to keep up. Whoever you are. Stay ahead in the all-new Tundra. Welcome back. Now, I know you're involved in a very exciting new venture for businesses. And I know from my work with businesses how often you know, having a, a member of staff working under par or deciding to leave can really rock the boat in terms of the uh, organization's productivity and bottom line. So talk us through what you're doing and why that's so important. Oh, I'm so glad that we're having the opportunity to share this because, Gina, when I had this opportunity and it literally fell in my lap, I once again became emboldened to, you know, Better Divorce Academy is my baby. I founded it because you really have to get schooled in divorce, right? It, unfortunately, there's a lot to learn. But now we're able to understand that not only does divorce impact an individual, but a family, a culture, a society, a country. Yes, but it also impacts business. Now, this is maybe not the capitalist in me, you know, welcome to the US, but it, it, business is a part of life. And whether you're an entrepreneur or you happen to work for a Fortune 500 company, it is going to affect every aspect of business. And the, com the, the company culture is such that most companies do provide mental health benefits for much of their employee executive benefits. Sometimes that can be health insurance, or it could be so, a certain number of um, mental health um, benefits per year. But what's really important is 
that companies are now realizing that those mental health benefits are, are used mostly 85 to 86% about divorce. But the mental health world, and they, they handle a lot, are not really experts in divorce. And this is where divorce right comes in. It's a two-fold solution, two-tiered. Um, we it, it, we asked the question, how much is divorce costing your company, both in assets of your uh, employees, but also the bottom line of the assets of the company? It is estimated that presenteeism costs American businesses, I don't know the statistics worldwide, but in America, over $150 billion annually, according to the Harvard Business Review. That's its statistic. 168 plus hours of work time lost in a year following divorce, more than 8% of their actual time at work is lost. A 5% revenue loss, a 40% decrease in employee productivity, which impacts coworkers by 2% and the boss by 1%, and a drop in worker performance of between 50 to 75%, as well as time off spent dealing with the legal, financial, and psychological issues related to divorce. And those are just the statistics. So if you take a business and how many employees they have, that loss in productivity, and, and you also factor in the average salary, that is going to give you a bottom line start of how much each business is going to learn, excuse me, lose each year due to divorce, uh, just on an annual basis. And it, divorce isn't a one and done. Every year, businesses are going to deal with about five to seven percent of their employee you know, bottom line will by fact and statistic go through divorce. I'm very conscious of time and within the last couple of minutes of the show. So where can people find you? Mm. Well, two ways, uh, betterdivorceacademy.com. If you're a business owner or an employee or an HR professional or a C-suite executive, I suggest you go to www.divorceright.com. Incinc.com. Thank you so much for being my guest. Thank you for listening. I look forward to you being with me on the next show. If you'd like to contact me, it's Gina at Genuinely Hyphen You. You take care and I'll see you on the next show. Bye bye now. Thanks for listening to Gina Gardner and Friends, the show that helps you live a happier, more successful, and fulfilling life. To learn more about Gina Gardner, go to genuinely you.com. If you would like to work with Gina or book her as a speaker, email her at gina at genuinely-u.com.